Hi, this is Claire, and this is the Secret Pregnancy series. Shh. And I'm sharing this under the Sovereign Womb. You should find it on Funk Whale or Oriel through the Hive.blog platform. I just shared episode number 11 and have been quietly gestating away here, quietly hiding my bump with layers of clothing in the cold weather in rural, hilly, medieval Italy. And I've also been going through a, a lot as I was talking about in recent podcasts in this series, uh, a cosmic roller coaster with family, close family being very, very unwell and trying to support from a distance and from a position of knowing what they could do to heal themselves, but at the same time, they're not really able to engage with because to them it, it seems too much and too difficult when actually each step of the way is effortful and yet will bring huge reward and I, I think that again is really bringing me back to this not a crisis of identity myself, but certainly questioning very deeply my own use in the world and what I actually can do to support this transformation that we're all going through, whether we're moving towards life or towards death or out of the system or into free pregnancy and gestation or whatever we're doing. I'm getting the sense as my gestation progresses into the fifth month, I'm getting a, a very strong sense that it's also damned mystical that there's no point in even asking God a question about it. It's just let it be, let the mystical ship be and just go about your domestic alchemy and your your day-to-day -day just live and work and breathe, drink water, carry wood, make fires, warm your house, feed the cats, <laughs> feed yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting again and again the, the process of simpl simplification, of paring back, of letting go of layers, of clearing clutter, just tidying, cleaning, making old things new, transforming by hand, hand stitching, just doing the beautiful work that is needed on a daily basis to keep a household, to keep a body well, and to bring me into a state of harmony 
that I can continue just eating. Uh, again, if you haven't listened to podcasts earlier in this series or if you haven't followed my work before, I also run the Art of Life podcast, which you can find on Audio and the Hive.blog network. I'm going through a big transition of moving my work to, a, to simpler platforms and to platforms that pay me rather than the other way around. And that is again working very symbiotically with the gestation. As I, I really question, you know, what is my purpose in the world? And I know what my purpose is. I know I'm a co-creative, expansive, vital, solutions-focused, solutions alchemist. I know that I have a great capacity to communicate verbally and through my unique visual language as a painter and artist. And I know I have a great capacity to transform landscapes, to interact healthily with landscapes. And then there's the question of like, how do we be visible? How do we get a synopsis of what our real identity is and what, what our actual purpose in the world is and get it up online in a way that isn't compromising us or just attracting projection or causing more work rather than less work. You know, is it convenient to have an online presence at all? <laughs> is it better perhaps to have just a post box or is it better to perhaps to have just an old-fashioned phone or is it better to have perhaps a PO box um yeah I'm really questioning what it is to be online having to having been online for a couple of decades and now knowing that in a few months in a few mystical moons I will have a child I hope on my lap and there will be no question about me being fully engaged 24 7 365 with that child there's no time out putting baby in front of a tv or a screen absolutely no chance that I will be distracted at any point faffing around with websites or emails or social media accounts there will it will simply have to be absolutely straightforward and beep beep boop a basta and and stop um there and I'm already fully committed to that and have been committed to it since conception and I'm very clear I've had a, a very long process of trying to simplify how I present myself online and having had various peaks and troughs in my life around visibility, having been censored very aggressively in recent years and around truth and open discourse around health and around the, the pharmaceutical agenda. Um, you know, coming to this time where that, that's still going on 
and where I am just allowing everything that I don't consent to to just fall away like not even questioning it not even standing up against it not even making a complaint just quietly saying a full-bodied mind spirit cosmos not even a no just a gravitating away gravitating away just navigating to a brighter star or a wider open landscape or sea and yeah I love this process I love how simple it is to put things down that no longer serve and to where where before I would have been strongly resisting writing letters using a mental force to tell somebody no or to refuse a thing or to not submit um now I have this sense of being simply facing south simply facing towards the sun anything that asks me to go in another direction or taxes me or wants to take from me that I'm not willing to give which is you know I'm only willing to give to things that are co-creating I'm not giving to anything I don't want to give to anything that is just taking in order to feed off me or feed off my sweat equity or my work or my time or my energy or my my focus and it's really amazing the the change of feeling in the body as I do that the change of feeling in my in my emotions in my capacity to react to respond to reply to whatever is coming into contact with me um mm. <laughs> the I was talking in the previously in this series about immunity and immunity has been such a, a huge subject in recent years and I feel like everything is immunity like everything is ultimately linked to our immunity from who we love how we love love making from gardening and having our feet and hands in the dirt in which of course isn't dirt in the soil uh, in the earth in Gaia Sophia um, being exposed to the elements being exposed to each other being exposed even to toxicity um, I feel like having had multiple health issues throughout my life all of them very obviously related to the very few medical interventions I've had in my life all of them intimately related to medicine that I've been given as a child and or treatment, dental, gynecological, gynecological, whatever, that thing. The rhythms of my illness in my life, which have been very significant, I've had very bad health from my early teens onwards, very problematic exhaustion, overwhelm, more exhaustion, pain in my body, pain in my psyche and emotions, 
um, struggling to get into a healthy rhythm in my life, feeling of oppression, grief, depression, manic depression, frustration, uh, failure to thrive, etc, etc. Even recently, having massive, having to go to hospital, even though I don't believe in hospital, and had a horrendous time there for the few, few half hour that I went inside the hospital, and was, yeah, let's not talk about that now. I've talked about it in more detail in other podcasts. Um, even recently, um, last year. I was hospitalised for this smart meter being put into my house and having an enormous physical, physiological reaction to it immediately that it was put in, um, which included being absolutely irate with the guy putting it in that I hadn't consented, hadn't let in the house, hadn't let into the communal corridor, hadn't been warned about this, hadn't consented to it, was telling him not to do it and was trying to contact the the company and tell them to tell him to not do it. Yeah, the multiple levelled resistance of a thing and anger about a thing and fear of the thing. Um, and then the actual interference of radio waves and Wi-Fi and, and the surges that the machine, the new machine, um, brought into my non-norma, <laughs> non-normative electrical lasagna of layers of wiring that I have in my house, which is um, to do with having a house that's been renovated over multiple generations <laughs> and uh, is still pretty old school in some of the wiring. Uh, very mixed up layering of wires. Um, which which are not compatible with a smart meter in any way. Um, yeah, even recent health challenges around that. Um, I presumed that when I did eventually get to a state of of wellness that I could conceive and keep the conception. I have, as I've mentioned before in this series, I've conceived multiple times, multiple, multiple, innumerable times. Um, that I could I couldn't register them all or write them all down and wouldn't want to. But having having a healthy pregnancy, even though that is ultimately what I know I'm capable of, and I know that all women are capable of, all womb ones are capable of. Still, to experience it is still on a daily basis, a miraculous thing. And I really didn't expect it to be this every day, this domestic alchemy, this ease, this no symptoms, this <laughs> just being pregnant, nothing to it, just being what it is. Um, I have to say that it, it hasn't been that simple but it is that simple now and it is that simple now because I've gone through the processes of just allowing things to fall away, allowing anything that is in conflict 
with my expansive good health to just fall away, including expensive electricity bills that aren't justified and should be challenged, like just letting it all fall away. And as I, as I allow that process, as I've talked about in the previous podcast in this series, allowing this process of whatever needs to come up to come up, whatever needs to let go to let go, speaking things out, painting things out, sewing things out, cleaning things out, recycling stuff, composting stuff. As I embrace that process, there's there's nothing left. And I, I don't mean that in a negative sense. <laughs> I mean that in the most joyfully holistic sense of this beautiful, empty fullness, this incredible thriving state, which Again, I, I think like talking about thriving as a state of being in the mainstream would probably, I don't know if the word thrive even fits in the mainstream anywhere. And I know it's used, so it might, I mean, it's, an, it's a word in common usage, so it must be used. But I wonder that the real sense of the word, the deep sense of the word is probably lost because thriving is probably related to economic business, a business thriving, and it's probably related to material thriving of having stuff and having income. And that's something that I have allowed to fall away in my life also, allowed the the striving towards financial goals and the striving of asking for payment for my work, I've allowed that to fall away. And in place of of a, a solid income and a big audience and a busyness, I found that in place of all that, there is this thriving that needs very little. And I'm really aware that there's such a taboo about needing very little such taboo around it, especially in this town where the old and the new are very much at loggerheads at all times, or, or maybe sometimes standing side by side. But the, the medieval and the natural and the contadini, the folk working on the land, don't always sit side by side in harmony with administrations and taxations and the modern idea of business and identity and medicalization of life there can often be a, a real a real sort of parallel universe kind of feel about those two areas of life here um, and therefore not therefore but <clears throat> the rift between those two ways of life are they're maybe a bit more tangible here than they might be in other cultures where the old has been much more paved over 
much more put in museums, much more relegated to old folks' homes. Here, everyone is still visibly out in the streets, smoking pipes and <laughs> playing cards. And the old town, the beauty of the old town is still very visible, even though there's lots of layers of crap on top of it, like scaffolding and cranes and <clears throat> Neapolitan facade work and mass-produced tiles rather than the old handmade tiles on the roofs. Uh, even though a lot of the houses have been sold to foreigners and especially the Americans have, have had, like basically turned them into New York apartments on the inside <laughs> instead of bringing out the beauty of the old. Um, <clears throat> the things are more visible here. here. The old and the new is more visible, but also because it's more visible, it's easier to see how how the old is suppressed, how the old is diminished and undervalued by very specific behaviours and presumptions. And that in turn um, is useful for me because then I can see very clearly what it is that's stopping others from <clears throat> comprehending the power of their own body, mind, spirit, cosmos, cosmos to heal itself, to realign. I, I, it can help me see also why it is that women aren't fully present in their bodies and why they, they gravitate unnaturally towards medicalisation and hospitalisation and birth rather than just gestating at home and being in nature and so on. So that's useful for me to be able to see that so that I can I can work with it, like massage it, um, play with it even, you know, have fun with breaking down the dry, old, not useful paradigm and playfully, lovingly offer different ways just in the same way that I go out with a big tartan skirt on or a big bat sleeved coat or <laughs> a, a bubbly hat with big pom-poms on it you know I'm presenting a different way of of appearance a different way of viewing the world and <clears throat> and uh, although it, it's very hard to at times to have to be exposed to others' limiting projections onto me. And that's one of the major things you'll know if you're listening to the, this pro, uh, podcast series from the beginning, you'll know that I had, I had a huge fear of speaking to my family, a huge fear of being publicly visible as a pregnant woman at my age as being a foreigner, a straniera, and being someone who does things radically different, rootedly different, naturally, um, I have felt in the past, even at the beginning of this gestation, that that would be, that was really frightening for me, that I was very concerned, like extremely anxious. 
that I was going to be overloaded by too many people criticising me, interfering, putting their noses in, asking stupid questions, asking aggressive questioning questions or making suggestions about what I should or shouldn't do with my body or my child. And, yeah, to, to try and summarise that whole situation, it's really amazing to feel what it is <clears throat> to get beyond that, to move naturally and gestate that fear, allow it to naturally come to term, to be released and released into the ether in its natural way that's part of the gestation it's part of the power of gestation of cosmic gestation of of fearless gestation of non surveilled gestation you know the the divine feminine when it's not observed the observing of it takes it away from what it really is it should be revered and we should be in presence of it and allow it to be present and it is present in everything everyone everything the divine feminine and the divine masculine flow through all all things that polarity is in everything but our need to compartmentalize it as the virgin mary or a statue or a podcast <laughs> or or a phrase like free birth or a logo or <clears throat> a business <clears throat> excuse me that just that just is really taking away from it and limiting it and the whole point of the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine is that they're limitless there is no limit and nothing can be limited so being that is yeah there are no words for it there are no words because it it just is and that unfortunately for the mainstream and unfortunately for most folk is what they're missing and this is why I'm sharing this like sharing intimately about what the profound magic and mysticism and healing and transformational force and the gift of gestation is the gift of pregnancy and birth there is no more powerful force apart from it's the same force that's flowing through all of us all the time but there's no more powerful life phase even though it tells me too that every moment is the most powerful life phase. <laughs> yeah, it's it's beautiful to have this. I, I'm just getting a bit of a download here, so I'm trying to get my my mind to channel it and get it out my mouth. <laughs> um, just getting a, an insight into how the conventional view which is so incredibly distorted and limiting sees this extra object within the woman's womb 
and sort of talks about this object, this possession, this property. And the act of talking about it makes it this separate thing when really it isn't a separate thing. There is no separation. You could take the thing out of the woman, the object, as you delineate it and take the birth sac and the baby out, but then they would die. Or you could take them out too early, put them in an incubator, but then the life would be very much compromised and the the natural expansion of the thing and the spiritual growth of both child and mother as one, the child mother, the mother child, which really doesn't, those two phrases are put together as a word are so distorted and so contrived and really the state, it's not just one, we're not just one, it's really the state is a circle but the circle is like a living circle, a circle that's imperfect and perfect at the same time. And it's a continuum. It's not just my life, but all the lives of all the mothers that have all come before me on both sides of this dancing, DNA, spiralling. Is it caduceus or something? The spiralling serpents? the DNA dancing and spiralling together, the two families entwined and creating this shared DNA spirals. The conventional idea that there's a mother and a baby and then the baby comes out, pops out and then is put into this system, stamped and dated and barcoded, <sighs> vaccinated and jabbed all over the place and have their having their blood sampled and their placenta stolen. The whole thing <sighs> creates this, as I've talked about at length, this separation but I'm trying to talk about what it is to not have that separation the separation is like that's a whole thing over there that exists in another world that isn't me that isn't what's happening with me and I'm trying to talk about what's happening with myself and it's you know it's the feeling of of oneness of circle and cycle completely whole the bird song the stones that are holding my house walls together, there not being any separation, not being any need for complexity, any controversy or paperwork around that or documentation or surveilling, it just is. So there's this perfection of, of hearing the sound of birdsong hearing the wind in the stovepipe, knowing that the windows are wide open and that the house is breathing, hearing, feeling the fresh air coming in and feeling the, the coolness of it, my feet cooling down as I'm sitting down recording this, feeling the air shifting in the house to do with 
the sun heating up the pavimenti, the floor tiles and heating up the walls, the passive solar that is being absorbed into the house that's going to keep me warm in the evening. Mm. There's just that. There's just me sewing, painting, cracking nuts, cooking pumpkin <laughs> and being not just immersed in it but so happy in it, so perfectly whole and happy and nourished by it on all the levels. And I don't think I would be feeling that the same way if I was tracking my diet, taking supplements, worrying about my next visit to the doctor or whatever they're called, obgyn or blah, 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 that stuff. The act of not being deferring to external authorities is the first step, the, the beginning of a thing, but the actual thing itself of not being under another authority means that I'm under my own authority and I'm under the authority only of the highest good, the highest co-creative force, the cosmos, the intelligent universe, God. And there's no separation, there's no conflict or somebody else between me and God. So, yeah, like um, the women on the Free Birth Society podcast were mentioning, you know, maybe it'll one day we'll just it'll get really boring the podcast will just be like oh yeah I just gave birth and it was really what they use the word normal or every day but of course how normal and every day it is you know those words can mean tight and rigid but they of course they're meaning them in the mystical sense that you know every day mystical every day domestic alchemy the beauty I think it comes to a point where we really just end up waxing on about how beautiful it all it is and talking in poetry and painting colourful paintings and sewing bright clothing, bright, beautiful, expressive clothing, embroidering and playing with colour and fabric and shape and dancing in the sand and swimming under the sea. And yeah, I really hope that we're moving into a time where having been separated from all of that for you know a few centuries or whatever long it is that we've been separated from, I hope that we're going to come back into it in this way that's so much more enjoying it and seeing the profound treasure of it. You know, maybe we just have to swing right out in these cycles swing way out of contact with reality, contact with the elements, contact with the earth. And then when we come back, swinging way around the universe and then back round in, oh, wow, it's so much nice, so nice to come home. <laughs> so nice to come back to the profound, expansive bliss, the orgasmic 
truth of life, of everything in life. <clears throat> it's hard to imagine how we get so separate from it. The more I get connected with what's around me, the harder it is to imagine what it would be to, to be so, so separate from it. And yet I, I look back on moments in my life when I was most separate from it and it's absolutely horrifying to me how uncomfortable I was, how rushed I was, how distorted my mind was, how angry I was with what was going on around me and how resentful I was about things that had happened to me or things that I perceived that people had done to me, how ill I felt in my body, how unwell I felt having taken the medicine and having drunk the water in the city and and how how lucid it is now to, you know, I was just walking down to the the Sorgensa, the spring fountain at the end of the town here, the west side of the town. And filling up my bottles with water from the fountain there. And then when I get home, you know, the lucidity of just drinking a glass of water and what it immediately does to my mind, how clear my mind is. And how I get absolute crystal vision, even my eyes feel different just immediately after drinking a glass of water. And then like bathing in this water that's in this beautiful big ceramic old bathtub down in the basement in this beautiful vaulted ceiling uh, or arch, arched ceiling room that's all stone walls and no mobile phone signals or Wi-Fi signals or interference or radio waves or anything getting in. Just thick, thick walls and me like in a cave under the ground in this bath by candlelight. That is a another like really powerful mystical truth of beingness, the joy of the heat of, on my body and the, the simplicity of it, the beautiful cleansing ritual and soaping and <clears throat> the salt and the bicarbonate soda that I put in, into the mix and stir up and lay in. The, the accessibility of all of that, that it, it's a divinely luxurious activity and yet it's so available to me, it's so simple and it could be even more divine with more candles or a bigger candle or a particular candle or a prayer or rose petals or a tisane heated up and then poured into the bath hops or lavender or geranium or one of these like lemon or things that are abundant around me just now you know the baskets of oranges that are sitting around in my kitchen that have got everything that I need in them the juice the pulp the compostable aspects the the rind that can get put on top of the stove and fill the house with this beautiful oils and smells of orange. 
the fact that they're more mature now and they taste even better when they're more mature, when they've been sitting on the tree for a long, right to the end, to the last point. Um, the feeling of bounty and of wealth from that, from, a, you know, not a, not a little styrofoam pack of four tasteless oranges that have been shipped from across the world. And that have cost me like four dollars or whatever. But the free oranges that are in abundance, that there's too many of to pick, too many of to give away because everyone's got too much oranges at this time of the year. And I get to look at them every day. I get to cut them open and look at the jewel of the sacred geometry that's in them. And I get to consume that sacred geometry not just the sacred geometry of like a structure which is destroyed when it's cut open and and squished on the the juicer the juicing glass but the sacred geometry is permeating energetically to activate the juice that's what the aliveness of it depends on that sacred geometry and the sacred geometry is the aliveness of it and if we eat things and drink things that are based on that sacred geometry the swirling of the water the the movement of the water from the spring the sorgenza uh, the fountain the shape of the pumpkin, the segments, the shape of the tomato or the apples. Like just just meditating on these things is hugely healing and brings us back into our sacred geometry. But ingesting them when they're activated by the sacred geometry of the tree, the tree, the taproot going down, the nutriment coming up from the ground and so on, the sunlight shining through the leaves. Everything is sacred geometry. Everything is perfectly sacred and geometrically profound, has a shape to it. And that is just a little tiny piece of what I'm experiencing when I'm not walking up to the supermarket, carrying a heavy bag of shopping down, worrying about the price of things and what's the best choice, what's the best value, what's the best purchasing choice. Instead, I'm just deciding, do I pick oranges or mandarins today? And what will I do with them? Like, how will I eat them? And what will it taste like? Yum, yum. But also, I'm, I'm not being distracted by walking up a main road. I'm not being distracted by going under fluorescent lighting or having to interact with lots of folk in the shop with masks on and rubber gloves and da 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 da, da all that stuff, like all that distortion. I'm just down here, just going to the tree, just communing with the tree, just feeling the sunlight on my head and my hands, just looking at the beauty of the tree, the bark, the leaves, the light shining through the leaves, the shadows, just reveling in it, relishing every bright green blade of grass under the tree. 
the contrasting color between the the oranges on the tree and the leaves of the tree, which are really dark, deep orange, and smelling them at the same time and seeing their sacred geometry. And then looking down at the earth and seeing the oranges that have fallen and the contrast between them and the more yellowy green of the grass and the the softness of the blades holding them like a nest, like an egg in a nest. A bright orange in bright green grass. And the fact that it's sitting on the floor there, free. I'm not picking it off a shelf. I'm not taking it out of packaging. It's there free as it should be. It's sitting there for me as it should be, as it wants to be, as it is, is doing. There's no complexity around it. There's no controversy. Even though occasionally my neighbour comes out and says, they're not your oranges and who said you could take them? And I say, the tree said. Gaia Sophia said. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm just taking them. It's me or the worms. And I'm not against the worms. They've got enough, lots and lots of beautiful oranges already fallen down and ones that are more bruised or more smooshed that they can munch on and thrive on. But the oranges, like the relationship with the oranges is so, mm, so beautiful and much more mutually beneficial. I hope I give my blood back to the trees when I bleed. I return the compost to the garden. I love on the trees, I give them love. Um, I help trim them and keep them well. I keep the piante rampicante, the climbing plants, the creepers from coming up them, <clears throat> give them space to breathe and and flourish. So the, the importance of that relationship, the colour orange and the colour therapy in my kitchen, the fact that they're sitting there like a bunch of, you know, if I had to value it and, and compare what it would cost me if I went to a supermarket, what would it cost me? It probably cost me half my wages for the for the month, half my Patreon for the month. <laughs> but instead, I am in this overthriving of having so much that I've got to actually think hard on what to do with them all. Once I've given away as many as I can, once I've made jam, once I've burned a load of rind on the fire top for incense once I've dried a load out for medicine and steaming and looking forward to that postpartum steaming and teas tisans ah there's just so much that can be this relationship is huge and it's a much more important relationship that I have with that, with the trees, with the oranges right now, than I have with the supermarket. I'm much closer to the tree than I am to the supermarket. I'm much more dependent on the tree, codependent with it, cooperative with it, collaborative and co-creative with the tree. 
than I am with a supermarket. The supermarket is just hoovering up my money and giving me inferior products. But the tree and I are one and we are whole and there's a continuum, an ongoing relationship. And that is kind of symbolic of everything. You know, I'm speaking to that one aspect of what I get up to whilst I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm speaking to that as a, a means of expressing and hopefully bridging what it is to be inside the system versus, or rather as contrary to what is really available to us always and in all ways. Um, there's a completeness, a wholeness about a whole orange. There's a wholeness about a basket of oranges, a tree of oranges. There's a wholeness about the continuum of how I digest, how I ingest the oranges through the season, how I pick them and store them and sort through them and cut them open and juice them and share the juice with friends and carry the juice in a glass bottle to my mother-in-law's house and and so on. The, the exchange of juice for oil um, and mutual gifting, like the, it's all a continuum, it's all a fabric that, that can't be broken by anything, by, even by falling out with each other or breaking the bottle. <laughs> you know, there's always more to replace it. There's no... There's no controversy. And and that's kind of, that's like the perfect metaphor for what a, a natural pregnancy is. You know, I've been listening to the Free Birth Society podcasts and a lot of them are really great, really, really great. But especially the moments where the women are just describing the, the mystical connectedness of it, you know, their own feeling between them and the gestating state and the, the moving through the continuum in a healthy and dynamic and expansive way, the healing, the growth. And even the aspect of, of like taking the oath of poverty and <laughs> moving more and more into subsisting, moving more and more into lower income and not being rewarded for the work I'm doing in the world. Even that, it feels, there's such a rightness about that, such an okayness about it. And a, instead of getting the money and going to the supermarket or going to the market, I'm having to go to the tree more. And having to go to the tree is just divine. Like there is nothing, there's no downside of that. <laughs> there's only the the divine reward that comes to, it just consistently brings me back to the phrase, the meek inheriting the earth. Just consistently brings me back to that and and what that, like the, the deep truth of that, the deep truth of us simply being and everything being there for us right outside our door. I know I live in a particular situation, but it's it's no less true of anything, anywhere. And if there aren't trees outside our house, then plant them. If there isn't space for a tree, put a pot. 
if there's just pavings, lift the pavings up, <laughs> etc., etc. You know, there's always possibility for putting seeds into soil, for sprouting grains or legumes, for exchanging gifts with each other and living in gift, and for opening ourselves to receiving I suppose that's the, the biggest aspect of what pregnancy brings is this being open to it, to letting it be what it needs to be and being completely open to it coming through us, literally coming through us. You know, the, the courage of a woman letting go of all of her inhibitions, neuroses, fears, tensions, contractions, releasing all of that, doing the work, releasing tight memories or shameful, twisted things, like just letting them go and finding that underneath all of that surface distortion, there's just this deep, calm ocean of ease ease, real ease, real life, real life. And if we can allow that to come through us, then we're just rewarded with infinite riches. I'm embarrassed sometimes at how rich I am. And I, I, to clarify again, I live off 150 euros a month, essentially, through my Patreon. It's less than that just now. Um, but I own a huge house. I live in a huge house that I own fully. And that is way bigger than I need. That... I would probably have to have two or three children to really fill it up and have it be too full. <laughs> that might happen yet. Um, and I'm not, I'm not really embarrassed. I'm just like jokingly embarrassed about it. But I certainly have more space than I need. I certainly have more books than I need, more clothes, more food than I need more spices than I can use in one dish, <laughs> more herbs, more olive oil, more gas than I need right now, more wood than I can put on a fire, more time in my day, more ease and inspiration and passion, more clarity than I even need, more firmness of conviction and purpose than I really need. And that's all coming, particularly coming through this pregnancy and coming through allowing the pregnancy to unfold. Um, before I was pregnant, I, back in the spring, eh, back in the autumn, the early autumn, late summer last year, before I started gestating, 
I, if I feel back into that state, what state I was in before then, I was in a state of wholly grasping a lot more, of fretting a lot more about what's the the doing word around neuroses, about neuroticizing more. <laughs> I was in a, a state of more pain in my body, more doubt in my heart and more, again, grasping, grabbing at things, more feeling the need to hook things rather than allowing things to come through. And the transition into this state of allowing is is profoundly healing, profoundly empowering, profoundly vitalizing. I can say with with full absolute conviction, absolute truth, complete confidence, I can say that I've never been so healthy in my life. I really do feel that I've never been so healthy, not as a child, not as a teenager, not as an early adult. This at the age of 50 and being in pregnancy, I've never felt such health. And I know that I'm feeling this health because I'm allowing this process to work through me, allowing it to come through me, allowing it to move. And I'm not getting in the way of it. I'm not limiting myself in any way. And I, I really want to transmit this. I really want to explain that how easy this is. And it's not completely effortless. There's there's effort involved, but the effort is always so minimal, so minimal compared to what I was striving for before and receiving so little reward for before. The reward in the conventional sense, the fiat currency reward, the conventional reward is very little for what I'm doing in the world. I'm being rewarded very in very small amounts at this point. But the reward that I'm getting from the universe, from Gaia Sophia, from God, from the orange tree, from the support that I have around me, holding me, <clears throat> is is literally more, well, it's more than I need, which means to me it's it's infinite. It's infinite in that it's a continuum that there's no space where I am lacking. There's no place where there's an emptiness that isn't a useful emptiness. And I know that this is what stops people from stepping outside of their comfort zone. It stops people from stepping outside of materialism, outside of a conventional job, outside of paying taxes, into their dreams, into what they really want to be doing, you know. I know it's what stops people is the feeling that there won't be this continuity that they view as stable, which is the continuity of vast amounts of income, almost balancing vast amounts of outgoings. That is a, a profoundly limiting and taxing reality that is constructed against your benefit, like uh, for the profit of others. 
and that's taking the place of what your rightful inheritance is. And your rightful inheritance is infinite. It's your vitality, your peace of mind, your peace during the day, your free time, all of your time being free, your health, wealth and happiness, your spiritual enrichment, your nutrition that comes from the world to you, the flowing of the water and the liquids through your body, the cleanliness of the water that's near your home. And it, I know it seems impossible, the idea of getting from a state of being contracted and taxed and under oppression and like boxed in, fenced in, stuck in, in rhythms that aren't for you. It seems like an impossible step, like how do I get out of this or where do I go to find the door? Like, where is the, the escape chute? But the thing is, there is, we really do have to know that there's nothing between us and the freedom, us and the right path, us and the abundance. There is nothing between us and that. It's already there right in front of us. We just have to stop thrashing around, looking in the opposite direction and look at what is in, right in front of us. In, within reach of our own hands right in this moment. We're all living in nature. All of us. And the more we just slow down, stop and look, we will find it. That's, at least that is my process. That is the process that has taken me from scarcity to thriving and from unhealth to extreme health. <laughs> um, yeah, and from deep, deep depression and grief and stuckness to deep joy and expansiveness and peace. Mm. Anyway, as I'm talking, I'm meditating on my big basket of oranges and my pumpkins and nuts and fruit and eggs and spices and herbs. And I'm really getting hungry. So I'm going to go away and nourish myself some more. Ah, oh, this is transmitted to you with love, absolute love, all merit gained, transmitted and released. I love you. I wish you all, all good things. And I'm also open to your reward if you do have coin or crypto or any gift that you'd like to return to me in continuum of this gift that I'm giving to you freely. Yeah, check my website. It has got a gifting page on it, Claire Gaia Sophia. And you can gift me via the Hive, via crypto, the Hive or Bitcoin or PayPal, various other ways. And although it's controversial in many ways and it's part of the slavery model, but but for this time, this magical, mystical time, Patreon is very useful to me because it allows me to have at least an income every month um, that I can depend on, that I know is coming, that 
often gets me out of very tight scrapes, <laughs> often just just catches um just catches me just as I'm about to empty my fridge or run out of toothpaste and such like, which now I don't I actually don't use toothpaste anymore. I use natural soap. Oh, I can't tell you what a beautiful change that is and what a difference it makes to my mouth and teeth. Ah, glorious. Unlocking tensions. Mmm. Big, shiny, pearly white teeth. <laughs> so transmitting love to you and opening my arms to your gifts. Love, 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 love. Sunshine and birdsong. Ciao.